0: Get the privilege of uh, sharing God's word and hearing God's word and he's working in us And as a church we have been going through uh, the book of uh, Philippians So I'm going to recap what we've gone through up until now for the sake of our visitors And the rest of us to remind us as to where where we've come from and uh, remind us where we are at And so we started from the first chapter of Philippians and um, we, Philippians 1 to Philippians 1 verse 11. And uh, as we went through the, the, these passages of Scripture, there's some things that we've learned. And I'm just going to highlight a few of those things just to remind us and get us uh, at, at this place. We've learned that um, gratitude is a main part of, our, of prayer. Gratitude should be a main part of our prayers. I've said uh, earlier that often our prayers are directed towards God saying, give, give, do, do, do. Uh, and Paul taught us here that we should actually be ones who come into God with thankful hearts and uh, a heart of gratitude um, because of what he has done for us and what he continues to do. So that's how our prayers should really start by being thankful to him. So gratitude should be a main part of our prayers. We learned that um, salvation is, ni- is initiated by God. It is continued by God. And it will be brought to completion by God. It's him who did it. It's him who does it. And it is him who will continue to do it until we see him face to face. Paul shows us that in verse 6 of uh, Philippians 1. And he says that he starts off by saying, I am confident of this. That God starts the work, he continues the work, and then he brings it to an end. And the question we asked was, how? How can he be so confident? And the answer that we came up with from the word is that God does not start something and then just (coughs) abandon it. He just doesn't start it and leave it halfway because, oh, no, it didn't work out. No, no, whatever he starts, he will bring to an, to an end. And that's a confidence that we have in our salvation. It's not even us, it's him who started it. And so we hold on to him and he continues to do the, do the work in us. We learned um, that we defend the gospel with our lips and uh, confirm the gospel with our lives. Remember that uh, old saying, practice what you preach. It's easy to, pra- to, to preach, but it's harder to practice that which I preach. Um, but it's only through Christ who's able to help us do that. We also understood that in all of this that we've learned from um, uh, Scripture is that it's impossible to do it in our own strength. You cannot do it in your own strength. And if you try, good luck. But we all need Christ. We all need Him through His Spirit to help us, to, to um, help us become more like Him as His Word says. And so Philipp- then we got to Philippians 1 verse 11, which says... Um, This it says by uh, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So we got there and we kind of felt we need to pause and understand. Okay, so we understand that Jesus is the one who fills us with these fruits. It's him. It's not us, It's not our works. It's not, it's him who does it. And then we asked, why? Why does he do that? And the same scripture answers the question. It says, for, the, for God the Father's glory and praise. So he fills us with these uh, fruits that God may get the glory and praise from us and from others. As, as people see us as his children and we, we exhibit or we show these qualities of the fruit, uh, guess who gets the glory? It's not us, it's him. And, but the us realize it's not us who are We're not nice because we... Are born nice. Now we're nice because Jesus Christ makes us nice. He helps us to be nice. And um, so then we jumped. Because of that, we've, we we decided, okay, well, let, let's jump and understand this uh, these fruits of righteousness. What are these fruits of righteousness? Which then led us to Galatians 5, which speaks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we kind of understand what those are. I'm sure we've read these fruit... Uh, the, of the Holy Spirit in in, our, in in the past, but how does it apply to us functionally? How does it how do we function? How do we how does it? Um, we are still on this earth. We still have lungs in our I mean breath in our lungs. We are seated together here, uh, encouraging one another. Tomorrow we'll be back at at the office uh, in the workplaces, and we'll be we'll be um, faced with the situations of life. So how do these fruit of the Holy Spirit actually practically artwork in our lives. And uh, so we jumped to Galatians 5.22, which is a famous scripture about the, the fruit of the Spirit. And it says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We learn from the... Looking at the first fruits of love, that uh, the, the badge of Christian discipleship is not witnessing or manifesting a gift. It's not even being a plain Christian or plain Christianese. The badge, the true badge of Christian discipleship is actually the production of divine love. We can do all these things uh, in ourselves, we can try to be nice, we can try to produce the love, and, but actually, it's a divine production of the love that God gives us that helps us to, to exhibit this fruit of the Spirit. That's the first fruit love. The second one was joy, and that, that's, a, that's a, a, a significant one joy. We look at the world today, and people are, are not joyful because life is somewhat difficult. We ask the question, how do we remain joyful irrespective of circumstances? And we know that Jesus said that in this world you will have many troubles, or you will have troubles, you will have stuff happening. I know stuff happens in my life, I know stuff happens in your life that we cannot explain. We cannot understand, but this is what Jesus says. We will have these troubles. But how do we we still remain joyful as the fruit of the Spirit? And the answer was by yielding to the Holy Spirit, by being uh, believing in him, just focusing on him, being with him, asking him, just saying, "God, I can't, I don't know. help me." And as we yield to it to him, he helps us to exhibit this fruit of joy. and um, then the third one was the fruits of peace, and we learned that the Spirit-filled believer can sit down on the inside and has a sense of inner state of rest in the face of adversity. It is an inner calm that comes from the Holy Spirit. You're sitting, there's bombs and all sorts of things happening in your life, but you're, yet you remain calm, you remain chilled, you remain uh, like you don't, you're not worried. Your brain wants to be worried, but your spirit doesn't allow, allow you to be uh, worried because why? You got the fruit of the spirit. Peace in you. He's helping you to remain, peace, to have peace in your life because knowing that he who began a good work in us, he is continuing it and he will bring it to completion and everything in between, he, he's got it. He, he knows what he's doing and our trust is in him. Then the fourth fruit was long-suffering and we learned that uh, the spirit-filled believer has a sense of calm in the face of provocation, a capacity to defer anger. Man, and I said, I need help with that. I, I need help with that. I'm sure we all need help with that. To defer anger. When we are, uh, you know, the, we've got every right to be angry and to behave in a way that anger kind of makes us behave. No, it's, it's, it's the fruit of the Spirit that helps us to defer that. Knowing that vengeance belongs to God. Not to us, but to him. And he will work it out. Then uh, we um, learned about the fifth fruit, which is kindness. And we learned simply that a kind person cares about others more than themselves. Now again, I said, that is impossible for me. I cannot care for you without wanting something from you. But because of the Holy Spirit in me. He helps me to care for you without expecting anything back. Um, I, I care because of this divine production of love in me that He is manufacturing Then I'm able to love, I'm able to um, have joy, I'm able to have peace, I'm able to have long suffering against you or with you and then I'm also able to be kind, just being kind. Uh, now, Kath often will say to me, you know, why are people so... Why can't people just be kind? Just be nice. <laughs> just be nice. Uh, our our um, way of life is, actually, I'm going to get you. And how do I get you is by being a bit mean to you so I can show you don't do that again. Or, no, no, let's just be nice. And, yeah, the word, uh, it, it's quite clear that we cannot be kind. We cannot be nice in ourselves. It's unless, unless the Holy Spirit is manufacturing, is exhibiting this, uh, this um, kindness that he gives us, that we're able to. Then we learned um, the sixth fruit, which is goodness. And we say that goodness is moral excellence. It's a generosity of soul that benefits others. It goes along with the kindness. Um, goodness is an act of grace toward someone else. When last were you go to someone? When last did you extend grace to someone? Not because you chose to, but because it just happened. It just happened. That's the Holy Spirit in us, working in us, and exhibiting these um, fruit for the glory and praise of God the Father. So all these things are not for us to, yes, we enjoy them and we benefit from them, but ultimately they are to give God the Father, glory and praise that is due to His name. And so today we will be looking at uh, the, the, the seventh fruit, which is faithfulness. And so Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. We've um, spent some time looking at those other fruits. Today we'll be looking at the, the fruit of faithfulness. And um, so, before we dive into then trying to understand a little bit more, I, I thought to myself, faithfulness is quite, um, it's quite a word. I'm thinking, I'm faithful with my, maybe my finances, I'm faithful to my wife, I'm faithful to my family, I'm faithful to my friends. Uh, I mean, what more can you, can you say about faithfulness? And uh, there's a lot to be said, there's a lot you can learn from. But before we do that, I want to just remind us that. When we got into Galatians 5.22, we understood that there, there were nine characteristics, qualities of the Spirit from three categories. The first three categories, or the first three fruits represent the first category. If I'm confusing you, I'm sorry. Um, and the first category is di- was directed towards ourselves, us. It was Love, joy, and peace. That's towards us. We experience love. We experience joy. We experience peace. The second category, second three fruits. Um, in the second category, is directed towards others. Towards others, long suffering, kindness, and goodness. Is towards you. I I I exhibit these qualities towards you. So the first three is towards us. Joy, peace, love, the second three are towards you, long-suffering, kindness, and goodness. And the next three is directed towards God, vertically, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And today we'll be looking at faithfulness. And so as I was looking at this, uh, this uh, particular word, faithfulness, I, 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 I tried to... Understand and, and as I was looking at the word and studying and trying to put this thing together, um, I thought, actually, the, the thing we ought to do is to maybe ask ourselves is, in what way is faithfulness a fruit of the Holy Spirit? Faithfulness. We are faithful. How is that a fruit of the Holy Spirit? And now, in answering that, there are, two, there are two different meanings when it comes to this word of faithfulness. And the first is if we are, if we mean faithfulness to of God, faithfulness of God, it refers to steadfastness, honesty, firmness, and God's utter dependability based on His unchanging character. So when we talk about faithfulness, when we refer to God, it's talking about His character, His whole character. And then the se- second answer about faithfulness is when we. Talking about human us, if we mean human faithfulness, it refers to our steady allegiance to God and our trust in Him. Trust in Him. So when you talk about God, it's His character, who God is. His faith to His character. When we talk about us as humans, we are talking a dependency on him, his character, becoming more like him. The word says that we are being transformed daily into the image and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's God's character. So what are we being uh, transformed into? The, the fruit of the sweat, love. That cannot come from our own selfish because our, our love is selfish. It's about me. But if it comes from Christ, it's about him. And he gives it to us and I love you with the love of God. Um, the joy that I experience is not a selfish joy because it's from Him, and I'm able to, to uh, experience and enjoy this joy because He's given it to me. And, and so it carries on with the characters of God. A faithful man is full of faith, he believes in the reality of God as revealed in Scripture. Biblical faithfulness requires belief in what the Bible says. About God, what does God say about Himself? We need to believe His existence first and foremost. Uh, If you don't believe God exists, then we can't believe in His character and all the rest of the things that follow from that. We have to believe in His existence. We have to believe in His work—the finished work of the cross that we sang about and drank uh, and broke, had communion over. We—you can't do that if you don't believe in it. Um, And then. The character of God, God is love. Um, God does not enjoy sin. God is compassionate. Uh, God looks us out for us, even, some, even though sometimes we might not think He does, but we might not, say, but He does, because He loves us. we're His children. God doesn't leave us as orphans, the word says. He adopts us into His family. This is God's character. And when you look at that, and remember, we have, been tran- we have been transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are exhibiting these qualities. We're becoming more and more like Christ. But again, we're becoming more and more like Christ. Because it's the Holy Spirit of God at work in us as we allow him to do that. Faithfulness is created within us. When we allow the Spirit of God to work in us. If we are full of faith, we believe God, we trust that He always has our best interest at heart. Now that's a, a, a cliche statement maybe in the Christian world. God has the best, your, uh, your best interest in His heart. And that's true. The reality is true. We might not see it. We might not understand it. But actually he does. Because if he says that he died, that I may have life. What kind of God would die that I may have life and not have my best interest at heart? Those who are parents, I'm sure you can uh, relate to. You want to do, you've got your best, the best interest of your kids in your life. You want the best for them. But sometimes they might not understand. Don't do that or don't do this. Or, uh, but actually you know. But ultimately you've got, you want the best for them. It's true. We believe that the uh, that He loves us. God loves us, as John three sixteen tells us, that He loved us. He loved us. He loves us, and He will continue loving us. We believe He wants to be with us, as John fourteen two reminds us. We believe that He is powerful enough to save us, John fourteen uh, verse six, and we believe that He is working in us. As we uh, mention Philippians one six, I love that scripture. It just it took a lot of um, um, burden off of my shoulders. God begins salvation, the work of salvation. He continues it, and He will bring it to completion. So guess what? I don't even have to worry. I don't have to try. I just have to be, and He does all the work as I allow Him to do. All, I mean, of course, I can, I can, deter, I can, I can kind of put the handbrakes on, but it's him. He's busy. The work he started, he saved me. The work that he's continuing to do, it's not me. It's not me trying to exhibit these fruits because I want to be a, 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 a good Christian. It's him who's busy with it. And one day I will be with him when wow. I will be glorified in his presence. And that's the true, truth for, for all of us. And as such, we live with the confidence that we will receive God's promised blessing, even if we never see them in this lifetime. Now, that's a hard one. You can imagine the Old Testament saints, uh, the, the, the patriots, the ones who had promises from God, and they believed them. But some of the Muslims didn't get to live in the promises of God. They died. They died. You know, that the experience is we want to experience. God promises something and we want it now. Faithfulness means I believe him. It doesn't matter what timeline looks like, but he, because I believe him, I know it's true to his God. God is not a man that he should lie. It will come to pass. Whether it comes to pass in my lifetime or my children's lifetime or so forth, other generations, it does not matter. It will come to pass because he is God and he is God watches his word, he says. It. He will not allow for it to return to him void. Now, I'm throwing scriptures out there because those are the things that we hold on to. In this world, we have troubles, the word says. But then when those troubles come, what do we hold on to? We have to hold on to the word of God. Understanding and knowing his character. He is good. He is loving. He is compassionate. He will see everything um, as he has promised to be. It will come to pass because of his character. Now, faithfulness is believing that God is who he says he is and continuing in that belief, despite the unpredictability and the fluctuations of life. That's faithfulness. Believing what, who God is, who says he is, and not having... Um, you know, those ebbs and flows of life. You're up and then you're down. When you're up, oh, God is good. God is all these, qual- these qualities that we've spoken about. When things are low and things are not so, doing so so good, ah, oh, no, no, God can't be that. What kind of God? What kind of God? Good God allows this to... I don't understand. No, no. Faithfulness is just believing in Him and allowing Him to be God in our lives. I mean, He says in His Word, it's because we believe... He. It says, we believed in him through faith. It wasn't an act of magical show that, ah, there's a magic, ah, I see that, I see it. No, no, you heard the word, you believed in him um, because of the faith that he, he allowed you to have. It's him who woos us into his, his, into his kingdom. So it's all him, he's doing all the work. He's doing all the work. And um, if believing in God and what He says he, he is and who He is about, it means that we have to trust that what the Bible says about God is indeed what He lo- is. What He looks like and His character. We have, be, we have to be convinced that God is not a man, that He should lie. We have to be convinced of that because the Word of God says that. We have to be convinced that... Um, God is indeed alive. And He's here with us this morning through His Spirit. He's working through us. We have to believe that. I love what John um, encourages this morning. We are not doing this life in vain. You have to believe that. <laughs> you have to believe that. But you can't believe that if the Holy Spirit is not in you. He's not living and working out His fruit um, qualities in us. It's, it, it's impossible to believe those. It's impossible to have that love of God. It's impossible to have the peace, joy, uh, the long-suffering, the kindness. It's impossible. It's impossible to believe that what we are doing, coming together as uh, his children, is not in vain. The things we've kind of given up, the things we are, all these things, it's impossible to believe that if, it's, uh, if God, through his spirit, is not helping us to believe it. But then we've got to yield to him. We've got to allow him to do that. Because remember, God gives us free will. We, we choose. We choose which, which, um, which one we want to give to. So we have to believe in these things. We have to believe that, that what we're doing is not in vain. Despite the circumstances of this world. Despite you being labeled this and being labeled that. Despite the sickness that might come and fall upon you. Despite that, we got to still believe that God is good. We have to believe that. Why? Not because I'm saying it. Not because it's a good idea and makes me feel good. No, no, because God's word says that he is good. He is good. And because he is good, we can trust and we believe and trust in him. We don't look at what the world says to us. We don't look at the world and what they're doing and we kind of ah, look at them. How? How is it that they're so successful, but I'm not uh, because I'm doing this church stuff. No, no, we are doing what we're called to do because God is true to his word. And he helps us to do those things. And remember what the word uh, in Philippians uh, 1.11 said, God gives us these qualities. Why? to the praise and honor of God our Father. Jesus gives us these qualities, righteousness for the praise and glory of God the Father. So when we take ourselves out and we allow Jesus to equip us and and, uh, exhibit these qualities in us, then God gets the glory. And in our human nature, it's hard when I've done something and you, excuse me, you want to give me thanks and all the rest? It's hard for me to say, ah, oh, no, no, it's God. Don't thank me, thank God. But even in that, I've heard it said, oh, no, 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 he mustn't be self-righteous. You must take the thanks and whatever. Uh, thanks is good, thank you. But actually, I know who has allowed me to do this. It's God um, in his spirit. We trust he will work at Everything. In our lives We trust that He will work Everything out according to His will How are our prayers? Man, in the last little while I've learned When, I've, uh, when I'm praying God, my prayer is no longer um, You know, please this, that My prayer is Lord Yes, I want all these things I think these things are good And I would like to see those things come to pass but Father, not my will, but your will. And that's a hard prayer to pray. And that's a reminder, God, from Jesus. Remember Jesus at the last, when he was going to the cross, and he went down and said, God, if it's possible, please take this cup away from me. This is life, the extremities or the, the difficulties, the fluctuations of life, ups and down. God, if it's possible, please take this cup away from me but not your will. I mean, not my will, Jesus', says, but your will, Father. And I'm praying for us, for myself, that that will be the cry of our hearts, that, Lord, not our will, but your will. Because as your will comes to pass, so God the Father gets the glory and the praise that's due to his name. And the only way we can have such faith that helps us to, God, not my will, but your will, is if we continually allow uh, the Holy Spirit to work in us. We continually yield to his goodness, to his wonder, to his amazing ways of life that we often don't understand. We often don't understand. We've got to allow him to influence our lives. Because he is the potter, and we are the the clay, and he is molding and shaping and, and, and all of that is what, so that God can get the glory and praises due to his name. See, so God is faithful and because he is faithful, he grants the, that quality of faithfulness to his children. We are being transformed into his image day, like I said. The Holy Spirit produces in, in, in believers his faithfulness. It's not us. It's Him, Holy Spirit. As we yield to Him, He produces this faithfulness that we cannot, we cannot come up with. As we believe in Him, um, as a result, we then say that God is God. And you know, there's, a, there's a mystery in, in, in the Christian uh, life. There are many things we'll never understand. There are many things on this side of the, the, the grave we'll not understand. But one day we'll have answers. And I don't even know if those answers that we're looking for will be even worth um, getting when we get to glory. I I, I don't know. I think we'll be just so flabbergasted in in his presence. We just want to worship. We just want to be with him. That all these questions we have on this earth will, will probably be insignificant to some degree because of God's character and God's goodness and God's ways of life. Faithfulness here is also a character of fidelity. Fidelity are people who keep their promises. People who uh, we can count on. These are people with assurance that they will keep their word and do what they say. These people are re- reliable. And isn't it the character of God? God will keep his promises. God, the word says in Peter... God is not slow to fulfill His promises, to see His promises come to pass. He will keep His promises. We can count on Him with an assurance that what He says, He will bring to pass. He is reliable. He is reliable. Faithfulness is necessary when God's promises seem to completely contradict what we see. God has given us promises, but I don't know about you, but I know some of the promises God has given me are far, they're complete opposites. And in, in, when they are complete opposites, I need to, again, be uh, faithful in, the, in believing in God's character, that he who is faithful... Um, will continue to be faithful he who promises will continue to allow those promises to come to pass so i don't look at the east to the west at the distance oh god just said promises this way, but I'm, things are going this way now no, if god said it he will allow for it to to come to pass because he does not let his word re, uh, return to him void he will always do what he says he will do and god's ways are hidden from us when evil strikes, when hardship comes, one right after the other, man, that's when we need the Spirit to produce His fruit of faithfulness in us. Notice I said that's when we need the Holy Spirit to produce His fruit of faithfulness in us, not us. It's not when we need to produce it, we can't, because I mean, if it, we produce it, then it's ours. He produces it, and it's his. And if it's his, then he gets the glory and honor, uh, uh, which is due to his name. So in conclusion, much to be said about faithfulness, but faithfulness, we look at it from a point of God's faithfulness. He is faithful, his characteristics, and we have been transformed into the image and likeness of him, Jesus Christ. And so as we've been transformed, he is producing a, a helpless manufacture. He's manufacturing these qualities um, about him in our lives. So that when we are in the world, out there, then we can exhibit the fruit of righteousness. We can exhibit the fruit of love. We can show the quality of, of, of joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, um, faithfulness. We can be trusted, not because in our own ability, but because we have been transformed into the image and likeness of uh, God. We are becoming like him every single day. So faithfulness is the quality that renders a person trustworthy or reliable, which is God's character. The more we yield to the Holy Spirit, the more his fruits are exhibited through us. Remembering this, Jesus fills us with the fruit. He is the one who does the work. He began the work, he continues the work, and he will bring it to a completion. He is the one who starts this and exhibiting this fruit in us. Why? What's the purpose of it all? So that God the Father can get the glory and praise. Now that in itself is a difficult concept as, as humans. Because I want to get the glory. I want to get the praise. And I'm sure all of you do. But actually, man, when you uh, allow Christ to work in you as as he is, and sometimes it takes longer than others, God gets the glory. God gets the praise. So God bless you. And thank you.